0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of
1: Mind Pump. Hello. Of, of course, we talk all about fitness, health, building muscle, burning body fat, making your life better. But we also have a lot of fun. Here's what we talked about in the first introductory part of this episode. We covered the bottle cap challenge. It is taking the internet by storm. By storm, people are finding different ways of taking bottle caps Creative off of bottles. Ways uh, I like to use my hands. I like to do it the old school way. Uh, <laughs> Boring. We announced the winner of the PRX uh, home gym giveaway. Hooked up. Uh, yeah, we had like ten thousand people enter into the contest to win a mm. power cage that folds into the wall, uh, weight rack. Um, with weights, a barbell, a a bench that is adjustable, basically the same exact setup that Justin has in his house. We gave away to somebody, so you might want to listen in to this episode to see if you won. Now, PRX is one of our sponsors. They make the best home gym equipment that requires the least amount of space in your house. It's uh, all put together professionally. Um, This is industrial-grade stuff. So here's what you do if you want Super to check them out. non-invasive. Go to prxperformance.com forward slash mind pump and use the promo code mindpump. You'll get 5% off whatever you buy, plus a free Maps Prime program with the purchase over $500. Then I talked about the Chili Pad that I just got in the mail. I'm about to try it out. Now, the Chili Pad mm-hmm. cools your bed down or warms it up, um, and both sides are independent. So if you or your wife are different as you probably are. You can have different temperatures on each side of the bed. Now, ChiliPad is also one of our sponsors, and we have a discount for you. If you go to chilitechnology.com, that's C-H-I-L-I-technology.com forward slash mindpump, on that site, you'll have a code for a discount off of either one of their products. Then we give a whole recap of our live event in San Francisco. We got to meet a lot of you guys in person, We really appreciate you guys. We had a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Adam cried. Oh, yeah. That happened. And then he also gives us some some newborn hacks. Uh, He's only, what, 10 days into being a father, and he's now an expert. So he gives you guys some uh, some (laughs) hacks for your newborns. Uh, We talked about digital clothes. Your favorite Instagram influencer is not even wearing the clothes that they're selling in the picture. Are they even real? It's all CGI. Uh, Oh, oh, and finally, uh, KFC... The makers of the healthiest food on the planet. Just kidding. Trusted source. Now have a chicken sandwich with uh, Cheetos in them, apparently. Surprising. Yeah, I'm waiting for the Lucky Charms version. Pretty Mm. sure that's coming next. Then we get into the fitness questions. Here's the first question. This person wants to know, is it better to add activity or decrease calories if you're trying to burn body fat while preserving muscle? So which one's better? Move more? Or eat less. It's an age-old debate, Sal. Yes, uh, we actually get into depth uh, in that part of this episode. The next question: This person wants to know about essential amino acids. Now, we've already pooped all over BCAAs, branched amino acids, and talked about how if and you're eating, if you're eating adequate protein, uh, it's kind of a waste of money. But what about essential amino acids? People are selling those things and saying that they do everything from uh, build muscle to giving you better boners. Sounds essential, Sal. Yeah. uh, Should you be supplementing with those or are they also a complete waste of money? I'm pretty sure you can guess what we say. Uh, The next question, how do you deal with the feeling of hypocrisy as a fitness person when you're enjoying food or drinks that aren't normally in your routine and how do you deal with the guilt of uh, eating those things afterwards? So a lot of you are trying to become more fit and healthy, but you find sometimes you go out, you have some drinks, you eat some pizza or whatever, and then you feel terrible about yourself afterwards. Uh, we've said it before, mm-hmm. the psychology aspect of nutrition and fitness is the most important aspect, and that's the aspect that we, I think we communicate the best because we've worked with so many regular people. So you're not going to want to miss that part of this episode. Mm-hmm. And the final question, this person wants to know, The best way to add value before getting someone to hire them as a personal trainer. So if you're a personal trainer and you want to become more successful as a personal trainer, you will not want to miss the final question of this episode. Also, this month, all month long, one of our most popular programs ever, Maps Anywhere, is 50% off. Now, Maps Anywhere is unique because it requires no gym access. You can do it at home. You can do it on the road, in a hotel room. Um, It's also extremely effective. Uh, We racked our brains creating the best program possible to build muscle and burn body fat that requires no equipment whatsoever. And, of course, it's 50% off. So here's what you do to get the discount. Go to mapswhite.com. That's M-A-P-S-W-H-I-T-E.com and use the code Anywhere 50. That's A N Y W H E R E 50. No space for the discount. Do it quick because this promotion will not be back until next year. T shirt time.
0: And it's T shirt time. Oh, shit, Doug. You know it's my favorite time of the week. He's back. No, well, it's nice He's to have back. Be back. I love
2: it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I saw. I heard Justin do it. <laughs> Did you hear know, it? What'd you think?
3: Yeah,
0: it's going pretty good. Yeah, dude. I tried. It's right. not, that's I tried. not bad. Not bad. It's not quite Adam, but yeah. it's almost. Well, we have three winners for iTunes and two for Facebook. The winners for iTunes, Ella K. Johnson, Don Sepsey, loving it. And for Facebook, Laura Lee Cheney, Sean Rutherford. All of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and include your Instagram handle, and we'll get that shirt right out to you. Yeah.
1: Hey, hey, did you guys see that... uh... What's her name? Kinanami or Amami? Oh, God. The bottle cap. The bottle? First uh, of all, oh, yes the, yes. the bottle cap challenge is going crazy. First of all, everybody's doing weird shit, backflips yeah. and knocking the cap off. And I saw a skateboarder do like a kick flip and then hit the cap off with a skateboard.
2: And what do you guys think was the best one, you've, the craziest or the best one you've seen? The
1: girl I was about to tell you right now. <laughs> oh, I don't know. So. You know what she did? So she's a sex expert. So what she did, she's wearing a dress. Okay. She's standing in front of the bottle. She lifts her dress a little bit. So you don't see everything, but you just see she kind of lifts it. Yeah. Kind of she squats over She squats over it. Yeah. And apparently puts the cap yeah. in her body. Yeah. And uh, removes the cap. Did she unscrew it or just you know pops it uh, off and then she spits it out
2: Yeah, wow. <laughs> like
1: whoa that's yeah. some control this thing has gone out of control yeah. Yeah, some i history. actually reached
2: out to that that uh, lady like maybe a year now well it's probably been longer than that now because i think it was even before this studio like two two and a half years ago to yeah. have her on the show
1: yeah i talked to her i talked to her too recently yeah See if, see if we'll have. I'm going to get her on the phone and talk a little bit. Uh, yeah,
2: I just don't. We'll see. Well, I don't know how great of podcast content it would. I mean, it definitely visually, I think it's a cool thing. <laughs> but she hangs things from her vagina too, like rocks uh, yeah. and like she trains it like legit. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, those
1: true. muscles are, uh, I mean, besides the circus act type of stuff, which I know she's doing to, you know, kind of promote these the strength of these muscles, but those are important muscles to have be stronger, especially after you have a baby. Right. Uh, a lot of women, after having children, lose control of their of their bladder almost. And they, they run or they jog. or I remember, do you guys ever do this when you guys did your boot camp classes or you taught group uh, classes? Yeah. Someone, they're like, I can't do yeah, jumping jacks. Yeah, I got to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. because yeah. of that. Yeah, because yeah, that happened. Yeah, so those muscles are important to, to strengthen and whatnot, but I don't know about the whole weights thing. <laughs> yeah, you know what the, my favorite <laughs> one was?
3: I think it was this guy was doing like a break dancing move and did all these like spins and then yeah. he spun off his head and then like came back and his foot caught it like yeah. perfect. I think Justin's crazy. was the best, to be honest. Yeah.
2: With yes. Yeah, ours was the funniest. <laughs> that, for sure. that thing. We started mocking. Yeah, as I you know say, you know we started I mean? the mocking. Yeah. Now you see a bunch of people mocking, but the, I thought the one that was fucking crazy was the dude that opened it up with one of the off-road racing cars.
1: Oh, he comes in and does oh, like a I didn't a, see that. that. That
2: was crazy. He does really? like a 180 in the so car. So a buddy goes like this. He stands out and he's standing and he's holding it out in front extending his arm in front of him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you hear this whoo, and here comes this off-road vehicle around, come flying around the corner. Full speed at this dude, and then whips a 180, oh, and the back end of the God. truck hits the cap and the, spins the cap off. That was crazy. That's that's not safe. I feel exactly. No. <laughs> yeah, the balls that it takes to be the guy holding that. Well, yeah. See, that's
3: the thing. You challenge extreme people, you know, like, yeah. a, like a Travis
1: Pastrana yeah. or somebody out there, you know, they're going to just, like... What? shit on whatever you
3: tried yeah, to do. We, we have to think
1: you. of the next challenge cuz they go viral, you know what I mean? Yeah. We got to think of something. <laughs> all... Yeah, but what happens from that? Yeah, Nothing, uh, every... yeah exactly. we did a thing. Remember that? We're the bottle cap yeah, guy.
3: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <yeah. Yeah>, yeah. <laughs> we
2: want to be noticed. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Nobody yeah. <laughs> who's the first guy to do that? Nobody gives a shit. Yeah, nobody knows. who don't... did it? They... No, no, I have yeah. no idea. Yeah, yeah who, I don't you know. think you ever know. Do you think about that? That's how crazy it is. Some it's probably somebody random starts it. Yeah. Oh, speaking of. And they get a famous person to just try it, then it goes viral. I'll tell something that I, I love will smith will smith posts great stuff all the time and he posted this thing i can't wait to do this with maximus he posted this this uh this well, it was a lady's page but it was a it was the father and daughter and he's got the daughter in a laundry basket and the daughter's probably looks like she's about two years old i would guess and she's in the laundry basket on his on his thighs and they have a big screen TV, and it's a, a roller coaster, fir- first person roller coaster, yeah. <laughs> and he's and he's doing the you know as it as it turns and he's vibrating it as it click 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 goes up and then oh so great to watch oh, that's funny yeah. oh the kid was all into it Dude, I thought,
1: that fathers have been doing yeah, a version of I do that. that
2: with airplane on my on my legs yeah we've been you know you do a version of that yeah.
1: for for uh, I don't know thousands of years probably yeah. that's one of my favorite things to do with little kids is. Have them pretend that they're doing some flying or some weird shit. Right. I've just never
2: seen anybody combine it with the big screen. Like VR? Yeah. (laughs) yeah. That's what it looks (laughs) like. Next level right there. Kids all real close to TV. You look like you're going out. It's like Star Tours, you know? but It's a homemade version. Uh, I I thought that was pretty clever. Getting them ready.
1: You want to know what's... uh, So years ago, my cousin was... I don't know. He must have been... He was young. He was like four, three maybe. And do you guys remember that maze challenge you just reminded me of? Remember that maze challenge on the computer that you're trying to go around the maze and then the maze gets skinnier and skinnier? Every time you hit the wall, you lose, but you make it to the end. But then all of a sudden, a scary-ass fucking face pops uh, on the yeah, screen and yes. it screams
3: at you how loud. Yeah, because you're like hyper-focused on the screen and then they just some like horror image. Yeah, and, and the thing is, you
1: you'd send it to your friends to fuck with them because then, then they're, yeah, they're trying to blah, and it makes you jump out of your chair and there's all these videos of people like yeah. fall... That was funny. So my fucked up ass brother did it to my four-year-old cousin years ago. Oh, my God. Yes. He almost got his ass kicked by my cousin's dad. Yeah. Oh. Rightly so. Yeah, because he got so scared he lost his breath.
3: I'm like, bro. Dude, he's gonna have nightmares the, for like the the second half yeah, of his childhood. You don't
1: do that for to four year olds? No, yeah, come on, man. That's something, and you know, that's something like a, you know, in like a, a guy's like in his late teens, early twenties, and he's trying to be cool with little kids, but uh, doesn't yeah, know the line. Does, there's no threshold. Well, that's like <laughs> yeah. that yeah, story I told you
2: guys. We did to my little brother. We made him. Write as will because the sky was changing. Oh, but I God. was like Dude, nine, you know what terrible. I'm saying? Like, it's terrible. I, did I tell you what? Happened? Right as will as a crayon. <laughs> did, I, did I tell you that the my, my sister? I was, leave my ponies too. I'm sorry. Did yeah. I tell you guys that yeah. my sister met up with my? This is my step brother who lives in Colorado, and he was coming uh, through town in Tahoe, where my sister my sister lives in Reno, which is near Tahoe. And my brother, my stepbrother decided to stop and visit my sister. Now, we don't get a chance to see my stepbrother that often because he's been in Colorado for a long time. Um, and so he catches up with my sister and they haven't caught up in years. And she said it was a great visit. And they're talking. And she brings up to me, she goes, You know what's crazy? Remember that time where you she tells me about the time that I did this? Motherfucker is 30. Let's see here. My brother is three years younger than me, so he's 35 years old. And talks about, like, oh, yeah, no, for years. He goes, still to this day, I get anxiety when the sky is, like, crazy. I was like, oh, my (laughs) God, bro. (laughs) Just fucking broke my heart. You just feel like such a piece of shit. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I was, like, nine, though, dude. You know, it's like eight or nine years old. You do some like. I I told, a long
3: time, I told, like, I was throwing acorns at some poor girl because I wanted to get first in line, like, for the bus stop. You know, shit like that. You do as a kid, you think back like, "Oh, it's a terrible human yeah. being." Yes. It's, a, it's just
1: a little permanent damage, a little like. bit. Yeah. A little but if you're like, a, if
2: you're in your teens and you're twenty, you're like, "That's a little too, that's oh, a little dude. too far." Same brother, yeah, you're still thinking about. Same it.
1: brother, when he was in fifth grade, he had a crush on this girl. Who, by the way, I told the story before. I'm gonna tell it again though. Who ended? By the way, this girl ended up turning into like an international model. So she's like st- stunning uh, today, you know, uh, current times or whatever. But anyway, fifth grade, he had a huge crush on her. And what do you do when you're in fifth grade and you have a crush on a girl? You poke them, you throw shit. Yeah, you you fuck with them or whatever. Well, they were running to get in line because the bell rang, and he thought it would be funny to trip her, and she broke both her arms. Oh, shit. Yeah, she fell. (laughs) I've never heard you tell that story. Yeah, she (laughs) She broke both. Broke both. (laughs) No, she didn't. I swear to God. She fell forward and broke both of her arms. What? (laughs) Yes, in fifth grade. So for like- Oh, man, that's awful. She had to have surgery, I think, on them. So she had to sit there with two broken arms, and and he he felt so bad. The I kid, bet he felt. Bro, what about the I, dad? Mean, like the dad uh, had yeah. to been.
2: I mean, someone tripped my daughter and she breaks both well, arms. my brother hey, had. To, he likes her. He had
1: to write her homework for her for you know until she got better. Here's the best part, right? She ends up turning into this model. He always has a crush on her afterwards. Yeah. And I always fuck with him. I'm always like, hey, bro, she'll never date you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you broke, you her, broke arms. her arm, bro. <laughs> I don't yeah. give a fuck how awesome yeah. you, you think you are. You're the guy that broke her arms a fifth grade. I've never heard you tell that story. Like, that's uh, crazy. Portrait. He sets it up. He's like, "Have a nice dude, trip." She see got she ball. got over it real quick because it was an accident. But he was still this day. If I bring it up, you could see the the pain <laughs> in his face. So that's why I always hold that in my back pocket. You know what I mean? When stuff starts happening, I'll bring yeah. that up. Anyway, that's dude, horrible. are we uh, are we announcing the winner? Of the PRX giveaway, yeah,
2: my exact setup, man. what is a, it? What an incredible get! First of all, you know, shout out to PRX for hooking up uh, Justin's complete setup, which is so. I- what are we giving it, away? It was an awesome giveaway.
1: It was a it was a squat rack, the yeah. folding squat rack that goes into the wall. Yeah, very low profile, uh, sturdy. Bench that folds into the wall. Barbell, weights. The
3: the weights that rack on the wall with that. uh, Yeah, the foldable bench. Like pretty much the exact same thing I got.
1: So they're getting all that
3: for free. Which is
2: valued well over $1,000. Plus, we did the super bundle. And they Ooh, got a super bundle. Yeah. Boom. Which All is right. another four hundred something dollars. So the the combination of this thing was we a had hell of a giveaway.
1: Thousands and thousands and almost thousands. Almost ten thousand of entries. Yeah, almost ten thousand. Holy moly. So Doug has the winner. Doug's gonna announce the winner, and if this is you, um, who,
0: how do they how do they claim their prize? Who do they contact? They're you're,
1: you're one in ten thousand. Yeah. That's a
3: great question. Yeah. Uh,
0: shoot an email to admin at mindpump.com media.com. And tell yeah. them that you're the PRX giveaway winner. Yes. All right, then we'll Who look it? out for you posting. All right, the winner is Scott Sims. Mm. Scott Hello, Sims. Scott Sims. Oh, come on the down. Next. Come well, on
2: down. Can we put some prices right uh music right there? We just did. Okay. Yeah.
1: That's a freaking awesome uh, win no, uh, that's a big come up. Can you Huge. imagine winning
2: that f- the equipment for your garage or whatever. Well, what I'm uh, really excited about is that this it. has been something. Taylor is been- whoa. I got excited. <laughs> that's
1: the that's the Obviously. song. That's the song. I'm going back to the song. Anyway,
2: <laughs> I know that Taylor has been working on this for a while now, and so you know, look out. Uh, if you're not following the Mind Pump Media Instagram page, you should be because. Uh, I think that we're gonna start doing some pretty massive giveaways like this on a regular basis. That's the idea. The idea is that uh, you know, we've got quite a few partners we work with now and you know, we've we've been going back and forth for a long time that you know, I feel like when you see you see a lot, especially in the fitness space, you see a lot of these giveaways and it's like, Oh, you're a pre workout and oh, some cool. protein powder, yeah. you know, it's like, get the fuck <laughs> out of here with this yeah. shit. You got That's a it. stringer. Yeah. yeah. So so lame, you know. So Uh, that was something we agreed that, you know, I don't want to do that. We're trying to give away some fucking... Badass shit. Yes. Yes, badass shit. Speaking
1: of which... Finally came in my king size chili pad. Ah oh, okay. uh, you were the one that held out. See so me and Adam are like, We're going right now. Yeah, yeah, I'll take the twins. But you guys got the twins. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I got the king size one for my house. You're the
2: last one of the party, man.
1: I can't wait. I'm gonna as soon as they get home, I'm gonna put it on. Jessica's
2: out of town right now, so she's gonna come home, get surprised wow. with the chili pad. So I've 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 learned some hacks with that. So uh, you wanna like wait. You know, I don't you don't want to, you don't need to run it all day long. Although I have ran it all long all day long just to see if it did anything to my bill and it doesn't. It's like so the, the amount of power it doesn't just, minimal. Yeah, it's so minimal. So you could run it all day, but it doesn't need to. So what I do is like maybe like two hours before or when I get home from work, five, six o'clock at night or something, when I come in the house, I'll go upstairs or turn it on my app and then fire it up real quick. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I hit bed, it's like ice cold in there and Mm -hmm. then it does a really good job of managing it the thing that you need to know and the mistake that i made when i first got because i'm like every typical guy like i just opened it from the box threw it under and just started using it instead of like reading instructions or anything like that yeah if you if you actually because it doesn't have a, a super high power motor and it doesn't suck a lot of energy it 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 won't and your body temperature is so hot so if you get in there and your body temperature is, what, 90-something 90, 90 degrees and you expect it to cool it down to 55 or whatever temperature you're 60, whatever you like it at, all night long it'll be working and it'll never get down to that temperature. Mm-hmm. So, But if it's already really cold... Then you get in. Then you get in, then it manages it perfectly. Doesn't have to fight all yes. night. Yeah. Okay. So that's the, the the trick is to get it to the temperature that you want it at before you get into bed because then it'll manage it at that temperature all night long and perfect for you. But if you wait to turn it on when you go to bed, you'll be so and it still helps. Don't get me wrong, like it's still cool, like it'll feel better than like being under the hot blankets without anything. But it, then it'll be—it'll never get down to the coolest temperature. Now it can people. also heat yeah, the bed up. That. Yes, it also can heat it up. Which would be weird to do that right now. Well, yeah, well, in the
1: summer. Well, yeah. you know, some people because it's got two sides to it. And, yeah. And Jessica is like, uh, it's too cold. Always too cold in here. Right. And I like to sleep it sleep in a in a cooler bed. Now I'm not like you, uh, polar freaking, bears. Yeah, snow yeah. Uh, snowmen. Yeah. Um, but I do like it much cooler than she does. So hers, can, her, I'm sure. At some point, she'll be heating
2: her side up and mine will be. That's like when we down. travel, like uh, why I love to stay with Justin. That's why I request him every time when Katrina yeah. does all the rooms. So I'm like, yeah, set me up with <laughs> Justin because he yeah. likes it like poor the bear. right climate. Hey. First thing we do when we get yeah. in that room, whether it's yeah. him or me, it's like, yeah, I sit down. down. I don't give a fuck. You can
1: combine the snorer and the freaking heavy breather in the same room all day long. <laughs> <laughs> I sleep with Doug. Doug is the quietest, <clears throat> most gentle sleeper of like all time. Like a mouse. Oh, he's just so, and he sleeps, he smiles when he sleeps. He he got He's got this very pleasant look on his face when he sleeps. <laughs> yeah. I'm down. I don't mind, and you know, share a sure bed. It's all good, right? John? So you're getting your setup. You're getting <laughs> you're getting your
2: setup today. Yeah. So you I'm get... gonna go put it in tonight. Today. Oh, I'm excited. To... I'm I'm curious to hear what temperature you keep it at and what temperature. What do you keep can... it yeah. at? It'll be interesting. I drop all the way to the very the, as low as uh, it'll go, yeah. which I think is like 52. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I go like 58 as
3: yeah. my sweet spot. Mm. Yeah, but I, I've noticed the same thing as Adam. Like, I have to go like a two hour at least ahead of time to make sure it gets cool enough. I've done you know, one hour and I had to like turn the fan on. Like I've noticed I've been able to eliminate having to use a fan because during the summer and all that, I've, I have to have some kind of air movement. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, we, we walked in today. I walked in with my kids today because they're obviously not in school. So they're out there working or messing around i don't know but anyway we walk in and <laughs> you got him washing windows yeah you, yeah, right? yeah you got to give him something to do you know no, uh, especially my 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 son because he'll you know he's 14 so he'll just earn be your his, keep he'll be on his phone all this all this whole time be,
2: what was the secret of mind pump success oh we all had kids yeah yeah. free, <laughs> free labor yeah man but, but we walk
1: in and my daughter sees the box of the chili pad and it says chili yeah on the side and she looks at it and she looks at me and she's like a massive box she's like you got a whole you got a Big box, just the chili. (laughs) Yeah, all Hormel. Yeah, it's not that kind. uh... It's not that kind. Anyway, dude, uh, the San Francisco live event that we did, uh, amazing. That was a fun one. I like them better. I like them from the first one we did, but each time we do one, I like them more and more. And this one was special to me because I had uh, my cousin Giuseppe and his Mm. wife, Sarah, my Mm. friend Angela and her husband- my cousin Gabriel and his fiance, my cousin Alex and his girlfriend, my brother, my brother in law. Um, I hope I'm not missing anybody. I had a bunch of family you had a squad there, squad in the back. Oh yeah, I could you had, see them all. You had yeah, the Guido patrol in the back. That's it, man. That was awesome. But it was nice to have my family be there. You know, to, to just I don't know, just to to see us in our element. And I got really good feedback from them. They really enjoyed it. So that felt really good for me to because to, every time we'd, we'd say something, I look back and I see my cousins in the back. It was weird. You know what I mean? See my family, but yeah. Every time we do those events, I feel such a renewed sense of um, two things: integrity. I always like it. Always grounds me. Really, really. It's funny when you, whenever you do something, anything that you do, and it starts to become very successful. I don't care who you are. I don't care how self aware you are or how humble you think you are. You do start to you do start to lift off the ground a little bit. You do start to feel a little bit of an inflated sense of self. And it's just, it just starts to happen because, uh, just because things start to do well for you, meeting people in person, seeing the people in person, hearing their stories fucking grounds the shit out of me, humbles me. And then I have this like renewed sense every time we get on the podcast. And this last one was one of the best ones I think that we did. Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: Still all these stories, like people come in with and like something that you've said that impacted them at a crucial time where they, you know, like, that's that's the kind of stuff that I just, like, I don't realize. You know, I don't realize when we say something I forget a lot of times what we've talked about on this podcast. There's been over a thousand episodes of us just back and forth, like, discussing things, and, you know, sometimes it's the most random thing somebody's mm-hmm. listening to at the time, and it impacted them in such a positive way, and I'm so glad it was positive and not, you know, negative. So. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, for four, in four years of doing Mind Pump, uh, we have never seen Adam get emotional. And then uh-huh. he became a father
0: <laughs> I know. and, he called
1: it, and huh?
2: it's so funny, dude, bro. Like, I did not see that coming at dude,
1: all. I tell you what, bro, when you have a kid, cause at, at the end of the event, Adam answered a question and it was very heartfelt. Um, and he got emotional and he got a standing ovation, you know, for being so open. But, um, it, it's weird, man. Having a kid, doesn't it just Open you up strangely to feel well, more. Well, fuck, I guess.
2: I mean, I <laughs> I is that yeah, what that is. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I really. It wasn't that. Like it wasn't like that deep. I've been asked way more personal questions. I feel like I've I've talked about. I mean, I've told uh, a, that similar story before, um, but for some reason, man, it did. It just. Uh, it just got. And I don't know because we were talking about uh, the compassion and, and love that we have for each other. And maybe that this just recently having my son and feeling that love on a whole nother level Maybe it just made me. I don't know. It was just I wasn't ready for that at all, and it mm. blindsided me as I was answering the question. I probably would have picked a different story if I would have known that. I, was, <laughs> I didn't know I was going to cry. I was like, "Oh no, God, dude, no, no way!" I couldn't. Like abandoned shit. Yeah, yeah. I was Ow. like, I "Can't get out of this." You're going to cry, then
1: I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was it was, it was amazing. A first, that was a, out of Contagious. all the live
2: events, that was the first person to uh, to get me like that. I mean, I hadn't got. Don't that. start a
1: challenge. Yeah. 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 Now yeah, no, we're going to oh, get God, out of yeah. to cry.
2: That was funny too. That we every event we do is totally different too which is cool I think that's what makes it really fun uh, for me is that um, you never know what to expect every time I, I I get a different story from somebody and I get to meet new people and it like you said Sal it definitely grounds me uh, it, it totally humbles me and you know this one the 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 questions were uh, you know, I normally the questions I feel like are very personal. You know, these are people that have listened to a lot of shows and have heard and read a lot of the stuff and own all the programs and have read all the guy. Go- I mean, I feel like they've consumed a lot of the fitness science information from us and they tend to ask more personal stuff. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that. It's a just a different conversation. We talk a lot of fitness most of the time. Yeah. But the first like four or five questions were like, oh, you yeah. know, physical therapist comes up and yeah. wants to. Ask him, dude, like, challenging us. We yeah. got
1: a, a legit a legit physical therapist who's stumped trying to rehab someone, so yeah. he's asking us a rehab question for one of his patients, and we're like – yeah, I don't know, buddy. Right. <laughs> we don't know the answer to that. That's a, difficult That's a tricky one. one yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but the story that you shared, um, you know, uh, I I I didn't re- I forgot about it, and when you brought it up, I totally remembered and. Um, yeah, that was a that was a great story. And just so that the listeners know what the hell
2: we're talking about, so we don't we're not talking over their head or whatever. Yeah, inside
3: jokes.
1: Yeah, it was it was a it was a it was a great story of uh, that Adam shared about. Um, well, the question
2: was what? What was the question? The question was like uh,
1: m- most memorable moments off, off air mic, yeah. behind the scenes. Oh, that's right. right yeah, right, right, right. and it was the time that you you know because you know we've talked about this in the past off air. We don't uh, people hear us on air and we sound like we agree and we get along all the time um but uh, off air we get there's oftentimes when we disagree on things and this was relatively early on in mind pump days um really? where i don't remember what i don't, and, and you're right i don't even remember what the issue was but adam and i got into a very heated uh debate and argument where we were just going back and <coughs> forth and and you know the thing about and this is it, it, such a great example because and this is why I respect uh, you guys so much. Um, is that we can go at each other, open. Like I'm not like keeping it censored or keeping it in because I think I'm going to hurt your feelings. Right, right. Yeah. We're being like because stri- I because uh, I am confident that you're not going to get your feelings hurt. I'm confident that uh, we're going to resolve it and that I'll be heard, even if you disagree with me. At least hear me. And so we went at each other. And I remember this was a day where. Uh, Justin and and and, uh, and Doug were kind of sitting back and like, oh, fuck, what's going on here? <laughs> um, and then after when we laughed, 10 minutes later, I sent Adam a text just telling him how much I respect him and the fact that even though we disagree and we're yelling and fighting, that doesn't mean I don't respect him. And I actually respect the fact that he's very open and, and whatever. And um, that's the moment that he shared. And, you know, the
2: thing you said was at that moment, you knew that we would really succeed. Yeah, well, I, I knew that... <clears throat> You know, to have other partners that felt so strongly and passionately about what we're doing, and because the argument wasn't a, it's, it wasn't about the us making more. It was like what was right for the business. You know, mm-hmm. what is right for the business and for the listeners and the customers and the things that, in the direction that we should be going. And and you know, what I loved about it was that it was a very good. Argument and both people had a incredible points and and just were very passionate about it and most importantly afterwards it there was nothing about our egos it wasn't about I didn't leave the place like err mad at Sal you know we left and then he sent a long message to me and I responded back and it was. I was like, man this is this will if we have this where every crossroad we we have an opinion and we're passionate about it, and we have the ability to speak passionately to each other with no holds bar and then to, to have a, a a love and a respect for each other ten minutes later and like honestly be and and be able to express it because it's one thing to be like, oh, I respect the guy, I needed a day or two to calm down and then we but it was like instantly uh, you know, just because we are yelling at each other over the business thing, I didn't. I, I didn't lose any respect or less love for you. In fact, I gained more for you, and it was mutually felt at like the same time. And that was a that was a major moment. It's a very. It's it's <clears throat> it's
1: extremely rare to find people that you respect so much. Like think about this right now, if you're listening, think about how many people in your life could come up to you and tell you uh, you're fucking up. Imagine that. Imagine think of all the people in your life that could actually sit down in front of you and tell you, hey, you're acting like an asshole right now, or hey you're being uh, uh you're being lazy or hey you're you know hitting you you know uh, with with honesty right where it hurts how many people in your life would you allow to talk to you that way and then still respect them afterwards mm. i bet you not very many maybe no one
3: it's even more rare these days i right. imagine
1: right yeah. and, and 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 that is amazing that we have that you know we we have that for each other because i don't let any, i don't like just anybody call me out like you know, if somebody calls me out, I have to kind of respect you. Otherwise, like, who are you to call me out or whatever? Yeah. My ego will instantly get, you know, defensive. But the fact that we can do that was, and that was a great example that you brought up. Yeah. Um, uh, of that question. I thought it was the best answer uh, of the evening. So, I commend well, you on
2: that. I, I did not expect to cry. And I, I guess Max has turned. I mean, I remember saying that I didn't want a girl because I thought the girl, I was like, if I have a daughter, it's going to make me all hey. soft. You know, we got a business to run. I can't be all soft. But it looks like it doesn't matter, it what, doesn't sex, matter. It, it, doesn't matter what sex it was. doesn't matter what sex it was. The baby boy made me just as uh, emotional. Melt, it melts your heart, bro. There's well, nothing you can do. Speaking of of the baby <laughs> boy, I uh, this was on my mind today. And I thought, you know, I've, I've been so um, engulfed in him for the last week,
1: bro. You are obsessed. I Fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, every day, there's at least three pictures Adam will send, and they're all the same. His kids laying Snape on the <laughs> yeah, sleeping on him. Little man. Literally, that's all you're doing all day. I Which love is it.
3: Exactly what I. I yeah. hope he never grows out that. of this. Yeah. I'm gonna try and keep him uh, it,
1: bro. Now you're gonna. You know what's funny? You're gonna start to. You're not yet. It's too early. But then you start to get sad as they move out of phases. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's well, stupid. You know what kills me? Stupid Facebook uh, will, will pop up a, hey, three years ago, five years ago, and I look yep. at a picture of my kids when they were five years ago, and I'm like, I'm going to fucking cry right now. It's just terrible. <laughs> so stupid. Anyway. Yeah, that's engineering. I want to hear your hacks. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So uh, it, it's, we got um, you know I, everything. I really think we have everything. I think we have everything from zero to you know three year old that we think we would need, and uh, it's because I've got a, a ton of support, family and friends, and even like fans. I mean, we have I've had a ton of stuff uh, sent to the house uh, on a pretty every day. Amazon hits my house two or three times, and That's I get, so cool. oh, man. it's it is it's cool. It's crazy. It's getting a little overwhelming. Uh, it's taking cool. it's now taking over my complete spare room. I have nothing but all this these box stuff. So I'm looking at all this stuff and I'm telling Katrina, I said, this is fucking ridiculous. I'm like, we couldn't even possibly use all this stuff if we tried um, and we're trying to, and we're working our way through things. And so what I wanted to share on the podcast is I'm like, you know what I'll do is as we go through this stuff, because I appreciate the people that sent it to us and be like, hey, and it's all it's the the best things are the things that come from like. You know, new mothers, someone who's recently been a mother in the last year to three years or currently right now, and they send over these gifts and they're like, hey, I know this wasn't on your registry or whatever like that. This was a game changer for me. Mm. Try it out, do this. So I've got three of them right now. When I think of the things that we use the most, that has been like a, a major help for like Katrina. One of them is the my best friend nursing pillow. So that was given to us by... Is that the one
1: that goes around the body kind of thing? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. i It that. wraps
2: around you and it kind of like belts and Velcro's So you lay in it. there right on the boob. Yeah, and yeah. it's just... Katrina uses the shit out of that. And we have the... It's kind of like a better version of the boppy or whatever. Yeah, yeah yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Boppies have been around forever, which is kind of a similar thing. But we have two or three boppies. She never uses those. She uses that My Best Friend pillow thing or whatever. That thing has been... Uh, she uses that every single time she nurses. The other thing that was big, and I believe it was also a hack from her girlfriend and our friend Janet, uh, the, the Hakka breast pump. So after her milk has let down and she's been engorged, one of the things that ha- is hard for her is that she'll be nursing one side and the other side is in so much pain and or starts to like leak on the baby. Mm. So this is like a uh, it's it's not a a automated pump where where you put it on and then it's, it pumps out of her. It actually just suction's on her and then it just naturally creates a little bit of suction and just lets it drip into it and it'll fill up like a good amount in there. <clears throat> it relieves her, so it gets that 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 breast p- uh, primed. It relieves her of the pressure, also keeps it from spilling all mm. over him, and it's like a cheap small. Thing. It's called the haka? Yeah, H-A. Isn't that uh, New
3: Zealand's uh, tribal dance they yeah, do yeah. before a rugby game?
2: Booby, yeah. booby, <laughs> boobie, yeah. booby, ah. ha, suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's H-A-A-K-K-A, I believe is how you spell I think that's how you spell it. And It's a haka breast pump. And then the last one was actually a gift uh, from Taylor and Rachel. They got the – it's called a docketot, and it's basically just like a um, – portable bed. I mean it's it's what I've taken pictures. You've seen him
1: laying in that. It's got that like a little border so he's a roll out.
2: Exactly. It has borders around it so he doesn't roll out. It's really lightweight and convertible and soft so we take it so that thing is – I mean, he's – we haven't even used his – he hasn't slept in his um, bassinet. He hasn't slept in his crib.
1: Is that all? Is that way he sleeps in? Yeah, he sleeps so in. So what that. do you
2: guys do? Do you guys put it in the bed with you guys? Yeah, in the middle of us. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so she – and that – and, and I know there's, like, all different camps on how you should or shouldn't do this stuff, and I really don't give a shit what people think. Uh, this is mm. what's worked really yeah. well for us is she – you know, she – She'll nurse because right now it's every two hours, right? Sometimes an hour and a half. So hour and a half, two hours. He's nursing and sleeping. So we have the docata in the middle of us. She'll nurse, and right after she nurses, she'll put him. She'll lay him right in the middle of that, and then and then what I do is I try and give her relief one or two times in the night. So if he gets fussy or needs a diaper change in the middle of the night, I'll just pick him up. I'll go change him. I'll let, then I'll put him on my chest, mm-hmm. and because if I put him on my chest, I can put him out no matter what kind of mood he's in. And so then I'll normally let him fall asleep on me. Once he falls asleep on me, I drop him over in the dock, hot, and then he's in there. And then Katrina gets the next rotation. And so this is how we've been able to manage, like, uh, I mean, I, I, I've i been getting great sleep. I mean, as great as sleep as you can with a baby waking up every two hours. I yeah. think that that's inevitable. Anybody who's going through that, even if you have the best kid in the world who sleeps well... They got to be fed at the very beginning, every two hours. Now, do you
1: wait for him to just wake up, or do you guys wake him up, or does he cry?
2: So we—he's been actually pretty consistent. Originally, the first couple days, we had to wake him up because he was still in that like, you know, I should be in the womb, you know, and mm-hmm. just wanting to sleep, and he, because he was a freak. <laughs>
1: wake up, boy, got to gain some mass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, and no, and I had
2: to syringe feed him. So mm-hmm. uh, the very the first few days, uh, we were really concerned about him getting weight on uh, her milk being let down fast enough and him getting enough nutrients that the kind of the routine was she would get him to you know teach him to latch and nurse a little bit and then hand him to me and then I would go rock him and I would syringe feed him anywhere from 3 to 9 cc's depending on how much he would take <clears throat> and we would have to wake him up now he's already on this like it's like clockwork 90 minutes to 2 hours he wakes up he wants to be fed and or changed and then right back into it. It
1: is a demanding job nursing a baby. Right, it's, you're 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 literally attached to the kid all day, all yeah. night.
2: And I and I the first couple of days I've, I felt really bad for my girl because I could tell that you know I, I think every and every girl has a woman has a different experience with the the latching on process and the letting down of the milk and all that stuff. And we actually you know. Had a pretty easy ride. I mean, she, she, he latched on right away. She let down her milk pretty fast. That's awesome. We never had to supplement with formula or anything. So it's been.
1: Dude, the whole, the whole nursing process is so trippy. Do you know that women, like they'll go, let's say they, when Katrina's feeling like, you know, like going grocery shopping, whatever, even though she's still nursing. If she's out in the store and she hears just a baby crying. in the it's background, already happen- yeah. it's already happened.
2: It's already leaking. It- Milk starts coming out. Yeah, it's know. already happening. How crazy it's is that? H- it's hilarious. Yeah, she'll be sitting on the bed or something like that, and he'll start. He'll wake up, start crying, and I'll pick him up, and then all of a sudden, her nipples like start going. Like, Isn't that weird? Yeah, it's crazy. That's it's so weird. Built-in sensors. Yeah, yeah it. it's
1: so weird. Although it, the other thing that would trip me out too is uh, how other women treat a pregnant woman, and then how other women treat a woman with a newborn. It's like. They don't, women, they don't know each other. You're at the store, but if she's pregnant or has a newborn, women just banned. They're like, oh, you want to go to the bathroom? You cut in line first, or we'll help you out. Or it's like crazy. I remember watching this with strangers just wanting to help, you know, just women we didn't know, just trying to help out. It was really cool. Well, there's
2: yeah. something about when, when you, when you, bond with people that have gone through something that is really challenging and I, and I know I'm going to get crucified for making this comparison but I, it's just what comes to mind for me and my experience because I've never experienced anything like birth and you know having a child but I was surprised by the the camaraderie that was uh, amongst all the competitors I thought it would be we' competitive against each other. there would be a lot of animosity or like whatever. but because I think so there's sac- so much sacrifice that leads up to that. you know that if someone's here on stage that they get it they've spent yeah. you know at least year years mm-hmm. potentially sacrificing and discipline mm-hmm. and consistency and hard days and sacrifice like to get to that point that there's this this different respect that everybody has for each other that I think is pretty neat that I didn't assume. It's like that on a whole nother level, mm-hmm. right? I think that's what it is, is mothers see other mothers and they're like, oh man, you know, like mm-hmm. I feel you. It's like this this this, this subtle or uh, this uh, you know, virtual fucking fist bump they yeah. give each oh, other. <laughs> oh
1: dude, I gotta call you out on something. I think this is game recognized a, game. I think this is absolutely hilarious. So well, on, on older podcasts, you were talking about how you're, you're, you're happy that you're having a child later on because you're more mature and you guys are ready, which I, I totally agree with. And then you say things like, you know, if I was in my 20s and I had a kid, I think I would have spoiled them too much because of, you know insecure about growing up poor, this and that, and I'm not going to do that this time. You guys drove home from the hospital in a limo. <laughs> a limo with a what red are you carpet. Setting himself yeah, up what are you doing, for? bro? Yeah. He doesn't know. He that just He just
2: got born. Know, he doesn't he know that. He's, see, he's know. gonna see yeah. pictures. He's got like a chauffeur. So <laughs> that is actually oh, this is Jeeves. That was actually here's the funny part of, of and and right mm-hmm. now he's already got you know his set of Vans. He's got his Timberlands. He's got his he ja- Oh my he's got god! No, but here's sure. the here's the deal, bro. I haven't fucking bought none of that shit. Yeah. I didn't buy the shoes. I didn't pay for the limo. That's a family tradition in her family. Yeah, no. uh, You told me about that. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is.
1: I didn't
3: know that. Yeah, it's a family tradition. So who
2: gets that? Is it mom that gets that for the So it's the other brothers and sisters all get together? That's nice. They've got so many brothers and sisters in the in the family that, you know, all the rest of the family pitch in and they Uh, and they That's a nice tradition. It is. It's a it's a cool Different tradition, yeah. I think. That I don't know anybody else. Oh, that so does. You weren't even behind that. No, oh, I awesome. knew it was going to happen. Okay, because mom, you I thought know, for sure you're me one. on. But no, I, I thought it was funny because yeah, I saw the exactly. picture. I texted I was like, him out. Such an Adam. Well, all, yeah, every one of my friends totally thought it was me, and, yeah. and it was just like, of course, you drove yeah. your kid home in a limo. Yeah. Yeah. And but that. as
1: far as the spoiling is concerned, it's a, that's a great point you bring up because um, that's something I had to deal with as well. My kids were the first grandkids on both sides, and I had to have conversations with people because. Although I wasn't spoiling them, they could still get that, that sense of like, I get whatever I want because right. aunts and uncles and ma- and grandma and grandpa give me whatever I want. So I started saying things like, you know, it's his, it's his birthday. Um, I'm only going to let him get two toys. So, you know, two of you choose to get him a toy. That's fine. The rest of you yeah. donate to his 529 plan, mm-hmm. which is his college investment plan we did, we did or similar thing. Yeah. Because first off, they can't play with all that shit. They can't possibly wear all those clothes. No. So it's, it's just not practical anyway. Plus, I don't, again, I don't want, you know. Uh I I don't want my kids to think that they could just just because they ask for something or they want something. I want like, them to learn. Poof, it happens.
2: Yeah. yeah, I want them to learn that they have to a hundred percent. I'm already on the same page, dude. Yeah, That's yeah, exactly yeah. what I'm doing. Is gonna I'm gonna open them up an account like that, and it's just ask my family like, hey, for when it comes to his birthdays mm-hmm. and stuff. I honestly would rather be the one who gets in most of the gifts, dude. Where it comes, to, so I because I know what he wants or what he needs. I'd rather family just like, hey, deposit, mm-hmm. send a card. And send money into his... And then I'll buy something or whatever. Yeah, and I'd way rather do that. So I know that'll be... It'll be a little bit of a challenge. Um, yeah, you
1: guys have such a big family. Yeah, and very loving. did oh. you get the
2: uncle that buys him a power wheel, and you're like, bro, "Come on, bro!" Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Think when he's like when he's <laughs> yeah. like four months old. Like, no, <laughs> yeah, that's no my my, that's my, yeah. my my mom and and her husband have already fucking reserved that already for his one year birthday. Like, because they oh my a, god, they yeah. already put yeah. a request in. Huh? Oh yeah, no, they already sent me the link. We're buying this. Don't <laughs> let anybody else buy this. This is what our gift for him for his one year birthday. Well, uh, you know, it's I, a it's a. It's the white Range Rover. Oh, oh my, my God. It matches mom's. I'm like, oh my. Yeah. oh, my Jesus. That is so funny. <laughs> That's great. I,
1: well, I mean, I told you guys about, um, you know, the studies on the t- style of parenting that tends to produce the best results mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, kids that grow up to not get into trouble, don't, you know, get addicted to drugs, who are, you know, happy and, you know, with their lives and all that stuff. And it was parents who have high discipline, but also who display a lot of love. Mm-hmm. It's both. <laughs> One without the other doesn't work very well, especially discipline without love. That one actually is the worst. When you have a high discipline with no love, mm-hmm. kids the the depression and anxiety rate and drug abuse rate is much higher. But you have high discipline and high love, um, like you're strict. Don't you know? Here's the deal: you eat your dinner, you take your your dish, you put it away, whatever. Here's your chores. But then at the same time, I love you. You know, let them know how much you love them. You know, spend quality time with them. That produces the best absolute best results. So that's I, ever since hearing that, and that's always been what I've tried to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but ever since hearing that, I've really given me much more confidence in the discipline part because the hard part with discipline is it's you, you just you, if you discipline them hard, yeah. you feel bad. Yeah, you know what I mean. You start to feel bad for but your it's kid for or whatever. For their best interest, it is. You know,
3: and so you just got to keep that top of mind. Dude, I know it, it's it is
1: like it's a it's a time tested
3: formula yeah. that mm-hmm. I think we get away like from a lot of times because of. You know, whatever book
2: is out there at the time. But, mm-hmm.
3: uh, I mean, if you could just stick to your guns. That's
2: it. I got to switch you gears from the, the child talk. I felt because I had I did have something I wanted to bring up that I think is crazy. I talked about on the podcast, I don't know how long ago it was, but I brought up uh, <clears throat> that I really think that um, we're heading in the direction of the the movie Surrogates with uh, Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. And one of those that haven't seen the movie, it's, you know, basically everybody in the real world is plugged into a virtual world and you have an avatar that you can do all the same things that you would do in the real world. It's just like an avatar version of you, but you can change the color of their hair, the way they look, their their dress, like, and you can acquire more money and just everything is like real life, but it's in this virtual sense. And, uh, you know, I saw this article, I think Jackie shared it, that... Uh, just confirms that we're heading in this direction that I can't believe this is happening. Or, yes, I can. I, be- I thought it would happen before. But it's-, it's insane to actually see it unfolding, which is uh, what's becoming popular are uh, these companies that are selling digital clothes. And you don't actually get any clothes. You pay X amount of dollars for a, this designer jacket, jeans, whatever like that, and they virtually put it on a Instagram image of you, and then so you can post on Instagram. So you never really wear them. <laughs> you never really wear them, and you that's, never even see them.
1: And they can make them like fit like really good. Taking the shreds tailored, model to yeah.
2: the to the X
3: degree here. Huh?
1: I, I know that's that's well. I mean, fuck. I mean, we've been photoshopping models and adjusting them, and, and you know, doing shit anyway. Why not? put the clothes on and make it look perfect by this it's sweater it's a big
3: fake display of your real life anyways it's
1: a matter of time before the models are not even real yeah. that is what's gonna
3: happen well that's
2: what's what, what I'm saying is that that's this is the step in that direction of soon the avatar won't even really be you you'll mm-hmm. you know pay for an upgrade hair and face and look all different and it's like it's not even you it's just virtual you bro end
1: end of times are near man there's there's that and then there's also so you want to talk about end of times a sign of the end of times do you know that kfc just released (laughs) a chicken sandwich made with cheetos what? Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> yeah, bro, I did see that. It's a that. fucking chicken sandwich, with, chicken sandwich with Cheetos, crushed crushed bro, inside cheetos of it. In it. Yeah, what? Yeah, dude, like, I, they're just like, we don't give a fuck. Yeah, I think I think that they've they've understood now that they should have stoners create their food for them. That's what it is because they must have got a lot of letters. I guarantee you, they're gonna sell a shit ton. So of when things.
2: I was in high school, that was when uh, fire Cheetos like came on the scene. Like they didn't mm-hmm. exist. It was right when at the end of high school. I might have been even out a year or two. I don't remember. It was around that time when Fire Cheetos came out, and the popular thing to do was to uh, open the bag of Fire Cheetos and then pour nacho cheese in the oh. bag and and eat those like that. Oh yeah,
1: God, people did that.
2: Yes. Well, there's a yeah, there's a lot of those. Like, well, you saw Taco Bell
3: was the first to do this with Dorito shell yep. tacos, and uh, yeah, I. I I was wondering about that combination thing because I, I could see, you know, it was a popular one when I was in college. Like at Wendy's, they would take fries, and they would dip it in the frosty. Oh, that's and that been around for totally I've been
2: doing that since I was a kid. That's I'm wondering bomb. that, yeah, how they haven't like marketed that. That's
1: crazy.
3: It, it is funny everybody that does market, that.
2: It's been I've been doing that for a long time. I can't believe they haven't marketed that either. I've never seen like a commercial or anything. Nothing. Around. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah well, geez, what's next, man? I no, don't know. Gross. <laughs> yeah, it's appalling.
0: This quaz brought to you by Organifi. All other factors considered equal, is it better to add activity or decrease calories to preserve the most muscle when in a deficit? Ooh, this is a good question. Isn't it?
1: I feel like this is a a very common scenario that people are in when they're like, okay, I want to get leaner. Which one should I do? Should I cut my calories or should I move more? And burn
2: burn more calories. The shitty part is that it. The beginning of this answer is the same to almost every question that we answer. That everybody drives. It everybody nuts. No, d- depends. depends. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it does. And what it what it depends on though is where you're currently at, um, because one, if you're already right. kind of an active, moving a lot, working out on a very regular basis, to ask you ask to do more activity. Um, may be really challenging. And you always got to be thinking like, whatever it is I decide, whether it be to restrict calories or to add activity, you want whichever one is the most sustainable. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a place where you're pretty low calorie already and then you're thinking, okay, I'll, I don't want to move more. I'm just going to restrict calories. But you're already at a, at a low calorie intake, like let's say 1,500 or 1,700. And now you're going to restrict down to twelve or 1,300. Well, sure, you you can get lean doing that. But then the problem is, how sustainable is that long-term for you? And then the same thing goes for the activity level. If you decide, okay, I'm going to ramp up the activity level, but you're already at you know seven days a week of training an hour a day, now you're going to add an hour of cardio every day, and so that's your decision to continue leaning out, how sustainable that is. So I'm always, when I'm with clients... I'm actually always playing with both. Like First, when we start off, before we go into a cut, I'm trying to ramp their metabolism up as high as I can. I want to get it to a point where they look at me and they're like, Adam, this is a lot of food and I can't believe that we're eating this much. And yeah, so what? We're not losing any weight, but we're we're not gaining any weight and I've got you eating this many calories and it's a lot for you. That's a good place to be and to start restricting. And so I'll start there, right? And then the same thing goes with how I do movement with clients. It's all about walking first and just creating consistency with their steps because I know that just getting someone to do a walk a day is much easier than to expect them to get on a piece of cardio for an hour and get after it with, with moderate to high intensity. So... You know, I, I really think it's a fine uh, a fine juggle between the two of them together. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't. I, I don't think I could have um, communicated it any better than uh, than Adam just uh, did right now. It's that's a hundred percent what you need to look at. Um, cutting calories and or uh, increasing activity. If you go beyond a certain point, uh, you'll start to experience diminishing returns. So if you're that person who's very active and you think I'm going to become more active. Um, at some point you'll get less and less back for the amount of effort that you're putting into all of this activity. And you don't want to be in a situation like that. You don't want to be in a situation where you're putting in you know, a lot of effort and you're getting very, very little in, in back in return uh, because, as Adam said, it, you're not going to be able to maintain it. And so if your calories are really low um, and you cut them even more, every time you cut, the lower your calories are, Every time you cut from the low calorie standpoint, you're going to get less and less results in return. And then if you keep pushing it, your body will start to pare down muscle to slow down your metabolism. The true the same is true for increasing activity. If you keep pushing activity past a certain point, you know, if you're not active at all, and 30 minutes of of cardio every single day will give you some nice return. Mm-hmm. If you're doing an hour and a half of cardio every single day, adding another thirty minutes of cardio, you're gonna get very little back. And in fact, you may get a loss of muscle mass again because your body is trying to adapt its metabolism to become uh, more efficient. So you really have to juggle things out. now, the the real question is, how do I know which one is right for me? Well,, uh, this is extremely individual, but I think what Adam said was really good is is to think to yourself, Which one is more sustainable for me? I think that's a good rule of thumb. I don't think it's perfect, um, but I do think it's the best general answer we could possibly give on this podcast. So look at your entire program, look at your whole diet, and think to yourself like, okay, um, Mm -hmm. can I do with another 300-calorie deficit uh, for for a long period of time or maybe forever? And if you think to yourself like, no, I'm already eating so little – and I'm already not having enough energy to work out. I'm already feeling super hungry most of the time. I'm having issues with food cravings that are really, really strong. Um, then you may want to go the activity route. Um, and then same for activity. If you're thinking to yourself, you know, I, I want to add more activity, and you're having trouble fitting it in your schedule, or you're thinking to yourself like, my joints are sore, I'm tired, I'm beat, um, I hit the pillow at 9 p.m., and I am out, and then I wake up at freaking 8 a.m., with, but I'm still exhausted activity may not be the right thing for you. And there's a third thing here uh, that we're not talking about. The third thing is um, trying to get your metabolism to become faster so that you can get leaner as a result of the faster metabolism. There's a third thing there. So if you're looking at all these things and you're saying, okay, my calories are, are great. If I go any lower, I don't think I'm going to be happy. My activity's great. I don't want to add more activity, but I still want to get leaner. Like, what can I do? The most sustainable thing you could possibly do to get leaner is to give yourself a faster metabolism. Mm, so some muscle. That's it. So the third option would be look at your workout programming and maybe go through a phase where you're focused entirely on trying to build lean body mass. And so rather than saying, you know, I'm going to lose body fat right now, say, okay, for the next six weeks, I'm not going to worry about getting leaner. My goal is to maintain my body fat percentage and gain a couple pounds or a few pounds of lean body mass then at the end of that six-week period, you may be burning two to 300 more calories a day. Well, guess what? Now you don't have to cut calories or increase activity. Your metabolism is doing the work for you. That's the third option I think people overlook. It's a longer option, but if you want to talk about sustainability, I can't think of something more sustainable than just having a faster metabolism. And That would be attacking your routine from a muscle-building, strength-building standpoint. In fact, I brought this up on a uh, previous episode. Uh, a study another study came out comparing resistance training to cardio for fat loss, uh, and the fat loss was comparable. but there was one place where the fat loss was better with the resistance training. And that was with the heart. Uh, there was actually greater heart health benefits from the weight training, and it's and the researchers concluded. It had to, it was because of the faster metabolism. So that's that third option that I think most people should look to first. Like, okay, I want to get leaner. Don't want to cut my calories. Don't want to move more. How about if I just build some muscle? It's gonna take a little bit of time, but how about if I do some really good workout programming, get stronger, build some muscle? That'll make it six weeks from now. It'll make it a lot easier to get leaner.
0: Next question is from the Simply Joey. You guys have talked a lot about BCAAs and how they aren't useful for most people, but what are your guys' thoughts on EAAs? Any benefit or just another BS product? Yeah, it's a matter of time before they switch their focus <laughs> from yeah. branched amino acids to Is so it...
1: essential amino acids. Is yeah, that the... okay. yeah. So the essential amino acids are amino acids that you have to consume in food; they're essential in your diet because your body cannot make- And you're getting them from food. You have to. Well, yeah, and you have to. They're essential. If you don't eat uh, complete proteins, this is why pro, Okay, this is why protein is an essential macronutrient. You cannot survive if you have no protein or if you have too low of protein for forever. If you go too long that way, your body at some point will start to break down and, and you'll get organ failure and a bunch of other shit. Um, because your body can make some amino acids out of- uh, you know, uh, other things you get from food, but there's certain amino acids you just can 't make. You have to get them from food, and those are called the essential amino acids now here 's the deal. Branch chain amino acids are essential amino acids they 're part of the essential amino acids. The difference is there 's more than just the three branch chain amino acids. I believe there's nine if i 'm not mistaken, essential amino acids. Um, so what they 're showing is so some studies came out again this is this is what we 're really good at in the fitness industry. Studies came out that showed that, you know, post-workout when you consume protein, there's a spike in protein synthesis. Does that necessarily mean you're going to build more muscle? Eh, we don't know. We're kind of splitting hairs. But nonetheless, there's a spike in, uh, in protein synthesis when you eat protein. So what the researchers found was, hey, you don't need complete proteins post-workout to get that spike. All you need are the essential amino acids. Supplement companies got, got you know, wind of this study, and the next thing you know, Branched amino acids aren't what your body needs post workout. It's essential amino acids, which contain the branched amino acids. Um, here's the reality: if you're eating enough protein, supplementing with any amino acids is a waste of your money, completely. And your time. Yeah, completely. And,
2: and some of the here's the thing, and not to mention too the things that we don't, you would always would rather get it from real food, no matter what. I mean, even you would always rather go get if I had if I had a choice of supplementing. Forty grams of protein from uh, from a protein powder or from a you know branched chain amino acid supplement, I would much rather get that from ten ounces of chicken or steak because mm-hmm. there's other things that you get with that that are that are essential and good to your body aside from just the the protein and the building muscle side that everybody focuses on so much. So. It's again. It would be uh, an emergency type of supplement that I would I would have on hand. You know, if it's I, I probably got some BCAAs and stuff like that that are in my cupboard that have been in my cupboard for three years. Because I just think yeah,
3: people do this stuff because they think adding extra like to whatever they're, right. they're eating already is going to give them this performance boost uh, versus being balanced and, and and tracking and figuring out exactly like what nutrients you're already dealing with. I think that there's just. Like they're they're not informed enough with their own current diet to where if you just did that, like you're going to have a world of difference by doing
1: that. You know, this reminds me of um, years ago um, when people started supplementing for calcium with calcium for bone loss, uh, because we we said, oh, you know, some women experience osteopenia or osteoporosis. And so people, you know, supplement companies just deduced, oh, well, your body needs calcium to build bone. So what we'll do is we'll just start having people supplement with a shit ton of calcium. Mm -hmm. Didn't do anything. In fact, it actually caused, uh, could potentially cause uh, calcium deposits in your arteries and cause some problems. Um, And that's because if the signal to bone, to build bone is not there, um, take all the calcium you want and going to do shit. Same thing with your muscle. If the signal to build muscle isn't there, all the protein in the world and amino acids isn't going to do shit. And if you hit a certain amount of protein... Throw more protein at it, you ain't going to build more muscle. And, and we've already, we already know what that number is, by the way. Studies are r- r- relatively conclusive. It's about, g- generally speaking for lean people, about a gram of protein per pound of body weight. That might be overshooting a little bit, but that's about it. Any more than that ain't going to give you any benefit. Throwing more amino acids on top of that, a complete waste of money and a complete ma- you know waste of time. You know who benefits from supplementing with essential essential amino acids? people who have a very low protein intake
2: so if you're a vegan and are like endurance athletes maybe
1: may, yeah maybe during you know it's probably better i'll be honest with you instead of drinking essential amino acids while you're doing your marathon why don't you take whey protein and put about five grams of just a tiny amount of protein you'll get all the essential amino acids and then some and it'll save your money right. really it doesn't it it uh, and and they get more of the benefits from consuming things like uh, car- carbohydrates, uh, you know, and electrolytes, mm-hmm. rather than amino acids. So, um, but yeah, if you have really low protein, then you'll benefit from supplementing with essential amino acids. So I've had vegan clients who, when they first become vegan, are kind of figuring out, you know, how, where to get their protein from, wh- what foods they should eat to get the right amount of nutrients, because to eat vegan requires a little bit more planning than to eat omnivore. Um, and those people would benefit sometimes because I'd look at their food intake and I'd say, okay, well, you only consumed 40 grams of protein yesterday or 30 grams of protein yesterday, which is enough to keep you from dying. Yeah, you're going to be fine. But if you want to maximize muscle building or whatnot, we can either supplement with a vegan protein, which is which is probably better. Like, Or if you want to go the route of not taking a protein powder, then you could go with just essential amino acids and what they would do is just take them with meals but it's so funny amino acids were the first probably some of the first supplements ever sold to uh the the fitness and muscle building world like way back in the day it was protein powders which used to be basically non-fat dry milk um, that they would flavor that's what protein powders used to be which they're not that far off from that now anyway and then, uh, you know, Weeder and all those, you know, Twin Lab and all those old school supplement companies were like, oh, proteins have amino acids. What if we sold amino acid tablets? And then bodybuilders who are the, you know, the, the grand experimenters of the fitness world, uh, you know, and bodybuilders always have had this attitude of if some is good, more is better. They would supplement with amino acids in between meals thinking that they were going to do something, but it does nothing. It does nothing for you. It's a total waste of money. Um, studies that show that it does something here and there, look deeper in the studies. Look at studies that compare people who, take, who have a good protein intake to people who, who have good protein intake and take amino acids, and what you'll find is there's no difference. Um, so look a little deeper because there are studies that they can twist, and uh, you know protein synthesis spikes if when people supplement with amino acids. All right, well, look, look closer. How much protein were they consuming? Does that equate to more muscle, better performance? Oh, it doesn't then I'm not going to spend $40 on watermelon-flavored you know, amino acid powder.
0: Next question is from Colby Sorensen, 23. How do you combat the feeling of hypocrisy when enjoying food or drinks that aren't normally in the routine? I like to stay dialed in, but also allow myself freedom, and sometimes I feel guilty for overindulging. Mm. The good old, good T- old tell old us, Justin. Guilt. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's how you deal with it. You just don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: No, I, I, there's something to like, obviously restricting. And I think it's, it's just, it's just discipline in general. Like you have a, you have self-governing. So I have control over, you know, my pursuits, my goals, what I'm currently doing. So if it doesn't fit within your drive towards your goals, you just keep it top of mind. And I I, I don't have any problem with being like, I'm going to avoid this. And, you know, this is just, you know, a phase that I'm in or, uh, you know, maybe this is a special occasion. I'm going to treat myself. I have to release that guilt of like, oh, this is going to set me back. Or, you know, that, I mean, that's, that's the strongest um, thing. I, I know a lot of clients, they deal with that and they want to punish themselves like immediately mm-hmm. afterwards.
1: So. This, but, this feeling right here is what contributes the most to uh, bad relationships with food.
2: Right, I think the first step in this question that you have to address is that there is no hypocrisy it's, you're not being a hypocrite I mean, because you you're were setting those terms. Yeah. You're not being a hypocrite because you're a health and fitness person and you care about working out and getting in shape. And then you occasionally have foods that, you know, for like Sal likes to say for the hedonistic value only, like that doesn't, that doesn't make you hypocritical. So you've got to get that out of your vocabulary that just because you do that, I, I think that what keeps me uh, from feeling guilty is when I, when I Binge versus enjoying something. There's, there's. I have these two levels of enjoying, uh, you know, food for its, you know, flavor and taste. And that is yesterday is a good example of when I have good balance. Uh, you know, we again, I was saying how we keep getting gifts and random stuff. Well, we got somebody sent us, you know, a thing, a box of chocolate strawberries. Amazing, right? And I had two. That was it. There's times in my life where I could sit down and I could crush the whole thing. And, uh, so when I have two, I don't feel guilty at all fucking, and it tasted amazing. It was great. I enjoyed it. Uh, had a great workout yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's no big deal. Didn't even think twice about it, but there's also times when I'm eating mindlessly and I'm smoked a joint and I'm watching a movie and I sit down and I could probably crush the whole box of chocolate strawberries. Now I I feel guilty because I I did that and not guilty because it was a, a bad food because I that's a bad behavior. That's a bad relationship with food. I didn't. I went beyond enjoying it to being not present and just stuffing myself until my body finally said, "Oh, that's enough." Mm-hmm. That to me is uh, that's a bad behavior, and that to me, I'll I'll, I'll be I'll be um, I'll be disappointed in myself by doing something like that. So. But if you were somebody who every once in a while enjoys food because you want to enjoy the flavor of it, I there's nothing hypocritical about that whatsoever.
1: No, no, no. I want to touch on binging for a second. You know the the feeling of binging and, and overeating in that state of mind, um, which is the one that tends to lead to the guilty feelings. The conscious aware, I'm eating this because I'm enjoying it. Uh, you know process doesn't lead, doesn't typically turn into guilt, right? Because you're aware and you're conscious of it. And, oh, I'm going to enjoy this piece of cake for the taste of it. And I know, you know, and you're not necessarily consciously thinking this. You're just aware of all these things. You know that it's mainly for the enjoyment and the taste. And you eat a little piece and then you get over it. The binging aspect is what tends to lead to the guilt. And that's because binging is not about uh, uh, having. Binging is about wanting. So if you think about when you binge on food... Uh, what are the characteristics of a, of a binge? Uh, fast eating. You can't eat it fast enough. Right. Now, now, the reason why you're eating it so fast is not because you have it. It's because you want it. It's the mm-hmm. wanting that you're after. So much so that you you you, you it's, one is in your mouth and you're chewing and you're not even thinking about enjoying what you're chewing. You're thinking about I want the next one. So binging is totally different. It's all about the want. So the reason why I wanted to communicate that is hopefully some people hear that and it sparks uh, a little bit of self-awareness in them. Because I remember when I first kind of came on to that and it totally made sense to me and it stopped any potential binging behaviors that I would have and it also worked very well for my clients because I would find that, I would think to myself, like, how silly. Yeah. I, it's not about having the food. It's about wanting it and, and, and re- in reality, I just want to have some of it. And mm-hmm. then when I did that, I was like, oh, I don't want any more. Like, I'm over it. It was all about the wanting before. And that's what now guilt, the the sense and feeling of guilt itself, it's not necessarily a bad feeling. There's a reason why humans feel guilt, and it's because guilt can be a teacher. It can teach us to self reflect and change our behaviors. Now, if guilt doesn't do that for you, if all you do is feel shitty about yourself and then punish yourself as a result, you're going to strengthen the bad behavior. Because then it's gonna, you're going you're gonna to split yourself up into two people. The person who's doing the bad behavior and the parent-like figure that you've created within your own ego that's like, shame, shame, shame. You need to be punished with uh, 40 minutes of high-intensity cardio and fasting for the next 15 hours and super, super restrict for the next week or whatever, which this just leads to another rebellion by the other side, which turns into another binge. So if you feel guilt, what you need to do is acknowledge it, so actually be okay with it. Like, okay, I have this feeling. Don't identify with it. It's not who you are. It's just a feeling that you have. And then allow it to become your teacher. And the way it's going to be is like this. It's probably not going to be like, I'm never going to eat that food again. Um, it might be, but usually not. What, it's, what, it sh- what it should turn into is next time I have that food, I'm going to have less and I'm going to enjoy it for its hedonistic taste value and be aware of it. And change your behavior moving forward. That's how you use guilt rather than guilt taking control of it. Well, and
2: to your point, too, try and unpack it. Like, so it took me a long time to kind of figure out, like, why do I do that? Like, Mm. why do I, why? And it goes all the way back to childhood for me. So in our house, there was always, you know, four or five kids and two adults. And we didn't have a lot of things. I've talked about that many times before. Every once in a while, we'd have things like a bag of Doritos or we'd have Ho-Hos or Twinkies or ice cream. in the, But when there are seven people that are eating from it... You normally get one shot at it in my in my house. <laughs> so you're like yeah. go first. Yeah. So you would so I would if up. and when I was a kid like that, I would get a hold of one of those things and I would try and eat as much as I possibly could before someone else in the house got a hold of it cuz they would do the same thing too. And it, it's and once it was gone, it was gone. We didn't have an abundance of it. It wasn't like my mom always had tons of treats. But when we did have treats, it was like you had to get it and you had to consume all of it. Mm-hmm. If you if you wanted if you wanted more than one serving of it. And so as a child, as a kid, I, you don't I don't know any better, right? And we weren't really policed like that when we were kids. My parents didn't really. Tell us we could or couldn't do that, and so I—that was a trained and learned behavior that I had as a young kid that carried over into adulthood. And when it comes out, is when I'm not present, when I'm distracted, when I'm watching TV or doing something else, I just do it, and it's—it's it's the weirdest thing ever because I'm this—I'm an older man, and I—I I still push myself to eating so much that it makes my stomach feel and to like we were saying too, so I was like, I'll be chewing on something, I'll be chewing on the a candy or chewing on a bite of something, and I'm already stuffing the next bite before I'm finished with that. That's yeah,
1: like, like ready. It's like hand standing there ready Yeah. For like
2: something. that just shows you that's just that's a that's a binge thing. Like that's I'm not even enjoying the awesome flavor stuff and the shit that's going on in my head by by enjoying that single bite at a time and i'm ready to shovel the next one in like there's there's the red flag for me that oh that's these this is an old behavior that i've had as a from a young kid all the way up to you know teenage years to even young adulthood before i connected those dots so if you're somebody who eats like that you know, try and unpack it and figure out where it comes from. Make yourself more aware of that, so then you catch it while it happens. And you know, I've been trying to practice this for many years, and still catch myself doing it. And mm-hmm. you know, I've had little hacks of where I'll 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 get like a, a baby sized spoon. You know, it's just stupid. <laughs> I do I do weird shit like this. I'll do like a tiny little spoon, and well, you're putting
1: barriers yeah. between you and the behavior, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and
2: that's a very smart approach. Yeah, and and or if I there's if I wanted candy or want something like that, I I take you know the handful that I'm going to eat or put it in a little Ziploc bag. I did this a lot when I was like in weighing and measuring all of time, I would say, okay, I'm going to allow myself 200 calories of this treat. And when it's gone, it's gone. So then I would do things like that. That helped me, that helped me first curb that, that habit or that behavior that I had as mm-hmm. a kid. And then you, hopefully can work on it to where now I'm at a point where there's all kinds of stuff in our house. Cause people have been bringing us things and I don't go over like the strawberries and stuff. They're in there. I haven't binged on it or anything.
3: There's gotta be, you know, a, a route to that, you know, at some point I think it, I don't know. Like my brain always tends to think like you need to talk to somebody about something else. It's probably like triggered by something else going totally. on where you're not feeling so great about yourself and you're, you're punishing yourself subconsciously and really like it's not the food it's it, it's something else that you you know it needs to be unveiled right, and it's uh, distracting you from it yeah so it, it it would be to your benefit probably to talk to somebody
1: about it yeah no it's it's never about the food it, if it was only about the food and just the food and nothing attached to it um then we wouldn't have these issues but and
2: so well, then you would do what I said. You would take a bite and you would sit there and you would savor it. Yeah, savor it and, yeah, savor it. It and relish yeah. in the moment for 15 minutes before you took the next bite yeah, you versus. You wouldn't exactly. hurt yourself with it. Right.
1: That's the thing. Like, why would you hurt yourself? So think about it this way, too. Uh, consider this. Uh, oftentimes, these kind of behaviors that cause this guilt around food or this feeling of hypocrisy, the things that lead to this lack of awareness are bad feelings. So I'm going to use a general one. Let's say you're an anxious person. And you've learned to distract yourself from your anxiety with food because food tastes good and it makes you feel good. So you're anxious. You feel really anxious. You eat and the anxiety makes you feel bad, right? So then you eat to stop feeling anxious. But now after you're done, you, you, you're you judging yourself, you feel guilty and you feel like a hypocrite. Now those feelings, what do you think those are going to cause that person to feel who has a tendency towards anxiety? More anxiety, mm-hmm. which is going to lead right back to that, that spiral. That, and that's why it's a... It's a circular behavior. That's why it's a repeating uh, type of behavior. So remember this. If you start to consider yourself a hypocrite, feel real guilt, you know, think you're a terrible person, so you're identifying with this behavior, don't ever identify. But if you start to identify with the behavior and you start to feel this way, what, consider this. You're adding an additional layer to whatever layer you're working through. So now, not only are you working through the layer of why do I find comfort in food and then f- feel guilty about it, now you're moving, you're adding another layer. I'm a piece of shit. I'm a hypocrite. I feel terrible about myself. Right. So now you got two fucking layers or more to get through. So step number one, eliminate that layer. Just get rid of it. Don't feel, okay, fine. You feel a little guilt, but don't identify with it. Don't think to yourself, I'm a terrible hip- hypocrite. Just observe it, become more self aware, and then move on from there. Now it's not gonna happen overnight. But the only way it's going to happen is if you do it in that way, because if you maintain that other layer on top of it, if you never identify the trigger, which may be anxiety, depression, boredom, whatever, if you never identify those things, this circular pattern will continue forever or possibly even uh, get worse. So you got to eliminate that layer. Otherwise, it's not going to happen.
0: Next question is from Obor. How did you add value before selling a potential client by taking them through the prime test, explaining a plan? Mm. Mm.
2: Adding value. Mm. I love this right here. This is like when I got really good at um, the squat assessment because back then we didn't have something as elaborate as the, the prime test that we have. I think what we have in Maps Prime is far better than just a basic squat assessment, but it was still the squat assessment was an extremely powerful tool for me especially after I took my uh, NASM CES. Once I became a, correct, a corrective exercise specialist, uh, it really like took me to a whole new level of programming um, as a trainer. And when I would present my training, uh, I, I became a lot more successful at selling, selling packages because of this. And a lot of the times the presentation sounds like this. It's you take somebody through like the prime test, and, of course, as you go through the prime test, there's, there's three different zones that we break down. And there's 90% of the people you take this test uh, are going to fail at least one, if not all three zones, which means they have some sort of dysfunction going on or some sort of an imbalance or a poor connection to muscles. And so once you can show them that and address them that, when you explain the way you're going to program for them, You can explain to them, and this is like, let's talk about like, because most people come in and they're like, you know, almost everybody is, I either want to lose fat, that's most people want to lose body fat, or they want to build muscle, or they want to look better or feel better. Very few clients will ever come to you and say, hey, I want to have good posture, I want to move better. But once you take them through that and you break down their movement and their poor posture and how important that is and the potential of probably relieving chronic pain, which most of them will have. And then you explain to them that, check this out, not only are we going to design a program to lose your 20 pounds you want to lose or design a program to build that 5 or 10 pounds of muscle, but I'm also going to address all of these imbalances that you have in your body right now, which I know your goal right now may be this, you know, losing X amount or gaining X amount of muscle, but long-term, none of that shit matters if you don't feel good mm-hmm. and you don't move properly. So- I'm going to integrate all these exercises to address all these breakdowns within the program. And you can even be specific, and I would. I would lay out like X, Y, and Z exercises that address whatever said problem they have going on. I'm going to integrate that into our programming. So while we're also losing body fat we're also going to be addressing all these things, which in my opinion is far more important. Yeah, I think too,
3: um, a lot of potential clients looking to your are, are, they may have shopped around before, right? They may have heard uh, other trainers telling them, you know, they're going to get to the root of the problem. They're going to, you know, lose 30 pounds in, you know, two months or, you know, as quickly as possible. And, you know, they're getting a lot of these answers that they're feeding them what they want to hear where your true value is really drawing up something that's really honest. And it's something that's like, even if it's a long, like year long process, like you're going to tell them uh, honestly and openly that we're going to work on these things. We're going to get through this part. You're going to tell them the benefits as they go along. So you have to really like paint the vision of this and have to be very clear with the process of it. Um, But don't feel like you have to cater to something that they want to hear because that's just not that's not like going to add true value to uh, the experience at all. And they're not going to trust you.
1: This is the this is what I cover when um, we go and talk to trainers at local gyms. This is the part that I cover. It's really all about adding value. Now, now, why is it important to add value? Well, people make a buying decision if they think the value of what they're receiving is worth more than the money that they're parting with. Okay, So if somebody doesn't buy your product or hire you as a trainer, it's because it's not worth it to them. That's the the bottom line. So adding value is extremely important. And there's really generally a few steps that uh, you want to follow in order to do this. The first step is you have to know what they're there for, um, and you have to ask them questions and talk about those things. Because adding value to one person is going to be different than it's going to be to another person. If I'm talking to somebody um, whose goal is to build muscle— how I present to them the value that I'm going to provide them in my assessment is going to be different than how I'm going to provide or present my value to somebody who, say who let's say, wants to strengthen their, their low back because they're in pain. So that's number one. You have to go through that process of asking those questions and having a conversation so you know what you want to communicate to them. The second thing is when you do your assessment, which if you're a trainer, you should have a general assessment that you do or you can use the, the prime test. Not just, Don't just do the assessment for yourself. And what I mean by that is a lot of trainers will, they'll do an assessment and then they'll take notes and they'll they'll write them down, but they won't really communicate them to the client very well. And they think that, oh, this is my assessment. This is how I'm going to train my client. Well, first off, assessments, assessments are always happening. Every time you train the client, you're doing an assessment. Uh, the assessment that you do on the first time before they hire you is for the clients, not for you. It's for you to identify things that you can do for them, but then communicate to them in ways that they understand. And so here's an important thing that you that, that uh, will help you with this. Don't just present features of what you're going to do. Present the benefit to them. And so what I mean by that, and I'll give you a, a real easy, clear example. Let's say I'm doing an assessment and I notice that this person has uh, upper cross syndrome. They have really bad forward shoulders. And forward shoulders is just like it sounds. Their shoulders roll forward. And I tell them, okay, I've, I've noticed that you have forward shoulder, so we're going to do exercises that strengthen your mid-back to pull your shoulders back. Now, if they know, if they have a good idea of how the body works and you know, maybe they could deduce that it's going to make them feel better, but the average person really doesn't know what the fuck that means. Okay, fine. You're going to help me with my my mid-back because I have forward shoulder. You need to explain the benefit to them. You need to explain it to them so they understand it. So after I tell them, I'm going to strengthen these mid-back muscles to pull your shoulders back. Now, here's what that's going to do for you. Because your shoulders are rolled forward right now, your upper trap muscles, these are these muscles up here, and I'll tap on their their neck area, and I'll say, those muscles are trying to stabilize your shoulders all the time. So you may be noticing right now tension in your neck and shoulders that just don't work as well. Maybe they hurt sometimes. And, And if I say that to someone with forward shoulder, Nine out of 10 times, they're going to look at me and be like, Oh, yes, definitely. I have tightness in my neck. So, if we strengthen these mid back muscles, those muscles will be doing their job. It'll take pressure off these muscles, and your neck is going to feel way less tension. And you're going to stand up taller, better posture, just normally without even having to focus on things. Can you see how that's going to benefit you? Now, I've presented what I'm going to do, but also how it's going to benefit them. And wh- the reason why that's important is that's what builds the value because now they're looking at you and they're thinking of all the benefits they're going to get from your personal training. And if you build enough value and you do it effectively enough, that, that whatever price you present to them, if the value is high enough, that price is well worth it. And that's the thing. A lot of trainers, especially new trainers, are afraid to present personal training because they think it's so expensive. Mm. But the reality is the value that that person is going to get for that money far exceeds the cost. And I, I say this at every, every time I, I train trainers as I say, look, Think of all the amazing benefits that potential clients could get from just having better fitness and health. Name one aspect of their life that won't improve. And you can't. It improves everything. And once you communicate that effectively to that person, now when you present your $3,000 package of you know, however many sessions, 50 sessions or whatever, however much it costs, the person's going to be like, done. That's the best investment I could possibly make. So this is very important for you as a personal trainer. But it's not just important for them buying training for it from you the first time. You need to present value every single time you train them because think of it this way. For every change that that person makes in their lifestyle, because remember, we're dealing with behavior changes. If this person wants to get fit and healthy, they have to change their lifestyle. They really do. They have to change how they eat, how they sleep, their activity levels. These are fundamental behaviors uh, that they engage in on a daily basis. If you're going to convince them to change these behaviors permanently, you better present a shit ton of value. They better understand that, Oh, right now I, I, you know, right now I have no activity, but now I'm going to dedicate three hours a week of my busy time to the gym. That shit better be worth it. So you you got
3: to know this stuff. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. Uh, you know, you didn't mention highlighting like how awesome your workouts are or how quickly I'm gonna lose weight or what your supplement stack's gonna look like or you know your printout meal plan or any of that shit. A life coach could do all that stuff. This is what separates all that from trainers. Trainers need to know they need to know anatomy. They need to know joint function. They need to know how to address when people are in pain, when they're in poor posture. And they need to be able to know how to navigate
2: through all that Which stuff. Which is everybody. And it yes. blows my mind when we travel around and we do these these free seminars at gyms. And they're, most everybody that are at these seminars are, are also listeners of the show. And I always ask, raise a, raise your hand if you own Prime or Prime Pro. And it, it baffles Nobody. me how many people raise their hand. It's hardly ever anybody. It's maybe a couple people sometimes raise their hand that they do. And it just... If you're a trainer and you're listening and you haven't invested in Prime and Prime Pro, I I think you're you, it'll be more valuable and this is and this is what other trainers that have that have it and use it will tell you, more value than any certification that you'll go out and get. That's how valuable that is because what we've done, we've curated all the certifications that we it's all applicable. have experience. Yes, and then showed you how to learn that through these assessments and then apply that to your clients. You learn Prime and Prime Pro like the back of your hand and then learn how to apply that to your clients, you'll see tremendous value. You'll, and you'll be able to now provide that to your clients, and it'll make selling personal training a million times easier.
1: Well, it's crazy if you think about how much money the average person spends on eating out every month or Starbucks every month or you know, uh, going to the movies every month. Um, none of the, all those things provide value to people, which is why they go and do them all the time. But name one thing that's more valuable than an improvement in your health. Nothing. It'll, it'll impact everything positively. If, you wanna be, if you're a business guy or girl and you're like, I'm all about being successful in, my life, in business. I want to make more money. I want to make more profits. Getting more fit and healthy, you'll, get, you'll be better. You'll be more effective at your job. You want to be a better parent. Being more fit and healthy, you'll be better at being a better parent. I mean, everything, sex, sleep. Um, friendships, relationships, relationships with yourself. So th- as for, as personal trainers, what you're providing is po- quite possibly, if you do a good job and if they come and, and do what you tell them and, and you work with them well, quite possibly the most valuable thing they could possibly do. Now, you know that your job is to get them to know that. And so that's why your ability to communicate these, skill- these things um, is what's going to make you successful and your inability to do those things is what will make you ins- unsuccessful as a personal trainer. Um, and I also recommend, look, go to mindpumpfree.com, and I have a personal trainer guide on there that I wrote. Now, it's basic, but it goes through kind of what I'm talking about in a little bit greater detail. But we have other guides on that as well. We have guides on you know getting a better squat, building your arms, your legs, getting a better midsection. Make sure you check them out. They're all free guides. You can also find all of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at mindpumpjustin. You can find Big Daddy Adam at Mind Pump Adam, and you can find me at Mind <laughs> it's Pump sticking, Sal. Dude. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com.